Welcome to Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly Bible study. Please join Dr. Steve Wood every week where we can all collectively grasp a better understanding of God through His Word. This podcast will be published every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood.com. 002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to HBC Prayer List 2020 at gmail.com. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our Wednesday evening services, our podcast here at Hillside Baptist Church. We're glad you could join us tonight, and uh, we're thankful to be able to be back. We've had um, a few weeks when we haven't been able to have a podcast, and so uh, we're glad that this one can go out to you, and we hope that it's a blessing to you. We're going to continue tonight our study of Jeremiah, thinking of him and his life, his prophecies, uh, the things that are contained in his prophecies and his book fit with our day today, and uh, we need to pay, pay close attention to those things because similar things are happening today as were happening in Daniel, I mean, uh, Jeremiah's day. Uh, so uh, uh, tonight we're going to be looking at Jeremiah chapter 12, and we're going to be reading verses 1 through 13. A little more lengthy reading than I think what we normally have. But uh, uh, join with us as we read Jeremiah chapter 12, and we'll begin with verse 1. You will be righteous, Lord, even if I bring a case against you. Yet I wish to contend with you. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why do all the treacherous lives, lives, uh, the treacherous live at ease? You planted them, and they have taken root. They have grown and produced fruit. You're even on their lips, but far from their conscience. As for you, Lord, you know me, you see me, you test whether my heart is with you. Drag the wicked away from sheep to slaughter, and set them apart for the day of killing. How long will the land mourn, and the grass of every field wither, because of the evil of its residents? Animals and birds have been swept away, for the people have said, He cannot see what our end will be. If you have raced with runners, and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? If you stumble in a peaceful land, what will you do in the thickets of the Jordan? Even your brothers, your father's household, even they are treacherous to you. Even they have cried out loudly after you. Do not have confidence in them, though they speak well of you. I have abandoned my house. I have deserted my inheritance. I have given the love of my life into the hand of their enemies. My inheritance has acted toward me like a lion in the forest. She has roared against me. Therefore I hate her. Is my inheritance like a hyena to me? 
are birds of prey circling her? Go, gather all the wild animals, bring them to devour her. Many shepherds have destroyed my vineyard. They have trampled my plot of land. They have turned my de uh, desirable plot into a desolate wasteland. They have made it a desolation. It mourns desolate before me. All the land is desolate, but no one takes it to heart. Over all the barren heights in the wilderness, the destroyers have come. For the Lord has sworn that devours from one end of the earth to the other. No one has peace. Shame by your harvest because of the Lord's burning anger. Our Father, as we look at these verses of Scripture tonight, I pray that you'd help us to be better understanding of what Jeremiah was going through and what we go through in our lives, what we have around us, what's happening in our world today. And I pray your blessings on those that are listening, and I pray that they would receive a blessing from being able to study your word tonight. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. One of the things I think that uh, I'd like for you to see is that the Lord changes the subject as we uh, begin reading through this particular chapter, the 12th chapter of Jeremiah. And uh, Jeremiah is the one that's talking at first. And... Then it turns to where it's the Lord that is talking. And he is talking to Jeremiah. First, Jeremiah was talking to the Lord. And then the Lord then begins to talk with Jeremiah. And we find that in verse 4. In verse 3... Jeremiah is asking, you see me, you test whether my heart is with you. And then in verse 4, the Lord is asking, how long will the land mourn and the grass of every field wither because of the evil of its residents? And so uh, we need to keep that in mind as we read that particular passage of Scripture. Now, just prior to today's reading, enemies in Jeremiah's hometown of Anathoth had plotted to kill Jeremiah, but God had revealed their plot in chapter 11, verses 18 through 23. And without this revelation, the prophet may have likely been killed, like a gentle lamb led to slaughter, verse 19 tells us in chapter 11. But God promises to punish these wrongdoers. In verse 1 that we read a moment ago, Jeremiah is asking, Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why do all the treacherous live at ease? He wanted immediate justice. Verses 1 through 4, he's asking for that. He's asking for uh, the Lord to intervene. He's asking for the Lord to take vengeance on those that are doing evil. And... So why does the way of the wicked prosper? I think this has been a question on the minds of godly people 
all through the ages, in all times. Jeremiah wondered why these would-be murderers had not yet been punished. You see, these had plotted against him. They had uh, desired to take Jeremiah's life. And um, so far, nothing had happened against them. Now, this wasn't about revenge. The prophet wanted to see God vindicated. God vindicated, not himself. These evildoers were saying that God could not see. And what's more, they thought they were getting away with what they were doing, their wickedness. Our lesson tonight comes from a time in Jeremiah's life when worn down by oppression and he was absorbed in self-pity. He was about to capitulate to a premature death. He was ready to abandon his unique calling in God and settle for being average. At that critical moment, he heard the reprimand. If you have raced with runners and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? If you stumble in a peaceful land, what will you do in the thickets of the Jordan? Verse 5 of our reading tells us. Now, a writer by the name of Chargoff updates the question as he's commenting on these verses. He asks the question, what do you want to achieve? Greater riches? Cheaper chicken? A happier life? A longer life? Is it power over your neighbor that you're after? Are you only running away from your death? Or are you seeking greater wisdom? Deeper piety? That's something that all of us, I think, can consider. What is it that we're after? Do we just want cheaper groceries? Or are we really interested in what God is interested in? Life is dif difficult. God is saying to Jeremiah, are you going to quit at the first wave of opposition? Are you going to retreat when you find that there is more to life than finding three meals a day and a dry place to sleep at night? Are you going to run home the minute you find that the mass of humanity are more interested in keeping their feet warm than in living at risk for the glory of God? Are you going to live cautiously or courageously? God is calling us to live at our best, to pursue righteousness, to sustain a divine excellence is it easier no it's easier to be plastic to be at peace to take life easy it's easier to relax in the embracing arms of the average easier but not better easier but not more significant easier but not more fulfilling God called us to a life of purpose far beyond what we think ourselves capable of living. And He promised you and me adequate strength to fulfill our destiny. This is what He's saying to Jeremiah. 
But now at the first sign of difficulty, we're ready to quit. If the swift and determined horses are out there, what's going to happen when we try to run with them? What is it that you really want? God was asking Jeremiah this. Do you want to shuffle along with the crowd or do you want to run with horses? You see, God is calling us to excellence. He's calling us to run with horses. He's asking us to get out there and do more than we're capable of doing, or at least what we think we're able to do. It's understandable that there are retreats from excellence, veering away from risk, withdrawal from those things that God really wants in our lives. But it's unlikely, I think, that Jeremiah was spontaneous or quick in his reply to God's question. He weighed the options. He counted the cost. He tossed and turned in his hesitation, maybe even in a loss of sleep at night. The response, when it came, was not verbal, but biographical. His life became his answer. He said, I'll run with horses. Jeremiah also had a bigger question. Why did God allow the wicked to live comfortable lives? Does God lack the power to make justice happen right now? Is he lacking in ability? Is he lacking in love for us? Is he uncaring about goodness? In a way, Jeremiah was accusing God of not being good, not being just. God appeared to let the faithless live at ease. As if the wicked are a special tree that God takes care of. Now we find something about that in the scriptures where God is talking about the righteous in Psalm 1 verse 3. He says, He is like a tree planted beside the streams of water that bears its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Now see, Jeremiah was saying, Hey, God, are you treating them like that, the unrighteous? God answers Jeremiah. And he answers him with more questions. God doesn't need to justify himself. And he knows that his prophet trusted him despite his frustration and the questions that he's asking. Essentially, God's questions indicate that worse was going to happen. If Jeremiah's faith could not be counted on, if he could not wait on God's justice in the place where he was living now, how would he handle even tougher tests down the road? These worst things would include the coming judgment of Judah. Verses 7 through 13. I'm not going to take time to go back and read that tonight. I'd like for you to do that because this actually paints the picture that Jeremiah was looking at. Because of the ongoing sins and rebellions of the people, of the Israelites, of the people in Judah, God would abandon His people 
and his house, the temple, of course, and his love and protection would be withdrawn. Things would get worse before they got better. This is much like what we see Jesus saying in our study of the Passion Week on Sunday mornings in our Bible study. I'd encourage you to come and join us if you're not there already. And then the writer of Psalm 73 had similar feelings and doubts, and he needed to relearn the truth about God. Why not read this whole psalm after we conclude our Wednesday night message tonight? Maybe we, like Jeremiah and the psalmist, need to learn again our great need. Notice that last verse in Psalm 73, verse 28. But as for me, God's presence is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge, so I can tell about all you do. Let me read that last part again. So I can tell about all you do. We need to be telling others constantly about our great God, what He does, and His salvation that's available to them. Father, I pray tonight that we can be a true witness for you, that we can allow ourselves to be tested, that we can live in our day and time with all the evils that are around us and stay true to you, and others can see Christ in us. Others can know by our lives that we belong to the Lord and that they too can have that peace that we experience. They too can have your salvation. And Father, I pray that all of your people would be an example of righteousness and that as others see them, they'll want to know what it is that makes them different. And they'll come and ask. And that will give us the opportunity then to share our faith to show them the scriptures and help them to understand our great God, who He is, what He's doing now, and what He's going to do in the future. I pray your blessings on all the listeners. Bless our church. Be with our services this next Sunday. And Father, we thank you for what you're doing. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor Phone or message at 6438-6541. Email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Thank you and God bless.